Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I am your host, Jennifer Zalkin, director of the NCRMA, and once again, thank you for tuning in. Chronic Risk is the podcast that gives insights on risk and the cannabis industry from the NCRMA's partners, members, and affiliates. The topic for today's episode is cannabis insurance, and most specifically, the coverages that are often overlooked when purchasing a cannabis business insurance policy. Joining me to tackle the discussion is cannabis insurance subject matter expert, Thomas Cialetti. Tom has experience in many facets of the insurance industry and brings a broad spectrum of insight to both the NCRMA and Tricom, of which he is the chief underwriter and program manager. Having worked first as an agent and then in product management as an underwriter and product analyst, he understands the needs of both the insured and the insurer. His diverse experience has inspired him to create and manage insurance products that benefit the policyholder and promote sustainability within the cannabis industry. Tom, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Jen. Uh, eager to highlight the coverage is often, often overlooked when uh, purchasing a cannabis policy and provide some insight how it might leave a business exposed to potential losses. Let's go back and do that part again. Yeah. I completely muted myself on that. So I'm going to start it. Thanks for being here today. And Brasco, we can rework that. Okay. Tom, thanks for being here. Ready? Yes. Thanks. Tom, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Jen. Uh, Eager to highlight the coverages often overlooked when purchasing a cannabis business policy and uh, provide some insights on how this might leave a business exposed potential losses. So, Tom, it's my understanding that there's a broad range of insurance offerings and products out there, and those who purchase based on the minimum requirements are not fully covering their businesses. Can you start by breaking down the three basic and most essential policies for cannabis businesses? Yeah, absolutely. There are other insurance coverages you can add on and more specialized to what you're doing, but depending on your specific business exposure, you might want to broaden this, but these are the basic cannabis business policies that you would need, the, the big three. And they are commercial property, general liability for premises, and general liability for products and completed operations. So of those three, what would you say is the most overlooked and the least understood type of coverage? Uh, that would absolutely be the uh, product liability coverages that come with your general liability products and completed operations. Uh, it's the most overlooked and least understood by, in particular, new cannabis business owners. Um, and this is based on a lot of conversations I've had with those business owners and the brokers that they're working with uh, to procure their insurance. Um, there's a different exposure based on the type of business, the type of cannabis business that you're running and what your product liability might be. 
uh, whether you're a cultivator or more of a retail dispensary. Uh, there's a real lack of legal precedent when it comes to cannabis at the moment. Uh, so that basically means when there's a lawsuit or judgment against a particular business, um, it sets a precedent for following legal uh, action and, and litigation. Uh, there's n there haven't been a ton of it. Uh, it's going to start happening. Uh, many of it is focused on some of the more manufactured products like uh, edibles and extracts. Uh, so this is the one policy type of the big three that is very specific to the cannabis business uh, and the product itself and, and its relationship to the customer at, you know, as a consumable good. Uh, you, it gets overlooked mainly due to the fact that there are so much that has to be done to open a new cannabis uh, business that they're relying on just procuring what is required from a regulatory standpoint, which is the premises liability that we'll talk about. Uh, and they overlook this. So it leaves them exposed. If there's a lawsuit due to uh, damage from a product that you've provided to a customer and you don't have coverage uh, for your products and completed operations, you're paying out of pocket for legal fees and for any damages uh, that result from a, a judgment against you and your business. Uh, one of the things that comes uh, in hand with product liability is an optional coverage that sometimes is added, a product withdrawal expense coverage, which helps pay for any uh, recalls that are um, handed down from regulatory bodies within the state. And uh, that could be very costly for you if you need to have some of your workers work overtime in order to facilitate some recalls and contact customers and kind of uh, take product back in and re uh, like reach out to customers and bring the product uh, that is being recalled back in, um, re refund money if that's necessary. And that, that helps with those expenses. So would you say that the when it comes to product liability coverage and the product withdrawal expense, um, this is something that not only cultivators who are, you know, who are, are producing the, the product, but also anyone that's in a retail dispensary who's selling that product um, should, should be covered for, correct? Yes, this is something that um, at, at the moment, like I said, there, there's some some gray areas to where liability lies, but from a traditional standpoint, uh, if you're manufacturing a, a good or product, you're generally more liable for it. But if you are a retail provider, you are still going to actually help facilitate a recall. So that's a big thing when we're talking to retail dispensaries, they may not have a huge exposure for product of liability, for just facilitating a retail sale. But if there is a recall action, the product withdrawal expense is a big coverage for them. Um, there are smaller businesses generally, so it helps them pay for those, you know, those that overtime or lost man, man hours facilitating a recall versus doing regular, uh, regular job uh, 
duties uh, for a dispensary. I know this is particularly top of mind because within the recent couple months, we have seen, and you know, for anyone that's within the state of Michigan, uh, has really felt um, the realities of, of, of product recall. We saw the largest product recall to date um, you know, happened from, uh, I, I believe it was stemmed from the, the state's mandated um, um, testing facility, but, um, you know, it, it impacted over 40 dispensaries, uh, and I know several, like, in the $20 million worth of, of product. So I think, aside from really having the protection, um, you know, it monetarily due to the cost, it's also... Um, you know, probably something of worth to to also have a person or a team of people uh, that are guiding you through and uh, through the situation and and you know giving you advice on on what the next best steps are um, to get you know to get back into normal business operations. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like like you mentioned in that uh, in that instance, you had a a cultivator a producer. Um, one entity affecting all of those retail dispensaries. So it's though you are not responsible for the recall happening, you're as as one of those retail outlets, you are going to probably be called upon to help facilitate that recall in one way or another. Absolutely, especially since if you are the real retailer, you are the face. Um, uh, you know, who, who provided your customer base with the product. So uh, you owe it to them and to, um, you know, your, your, your brand name um, to do whatever you have to do and then some and, and make sure that you do it right. So before we move on from product liability coverage uh, and tackle the second least utilized and understood type of coverage, I'm here today with Thomas Cialetti. Uh, and we are talking about the cannabis insurance coverages that are uh, not utilized, not properly utilized, uh, and certainly not understood. Um, so we just we just kind of broke down product liability coverage. Tom, what would you say uh, is the second least understood form of coverage in the cannabis industry? Yeah, so the the next form that tends to be neglected a bit is uh, the commercial property uh, coverage form. Uh, mentioned before, the general liability premises is sometimes required for your licensing. Uh, so businesses will go out and purchase that coverage, but then neglect the other two. And this is the one that is next on the list of maybe underutilized uh, is probably the best way to put it. Um, so mm -hmm. your commercial property policy is going to cover more than just the building that you may own or lease uh, for your business. Uh, so you generally cover the building and then the property within the building that your business personal property. Now, the business personal property will generally cover the, the property that is used for uh, conducting your business. Now, for a cannabis business, uh, one of the things that you really are worried about is your stock. And sometimes the assumption is made that your business personal property limit will include any stock uh, that you have on hand that you'll be selling to customers. 
Uh, it's really important. Can you just you start, sorry before you before you take off of that? Can you just break down exactly what we mean by stock? Yeah. So your your stock coverage is going to be your finished stock, the product that is packaged and ready to be sold. So if you are a dispensary or um, even a, a distributor or you know e uh, even a cultivator will have you know live plants and and then you know harvested plants and then there's your finished stock that is packaged ready to go to the next location or as a retailer you're ready for customers to come and purchase it so if you have a covered loss and you lose your finished stock uh, and you don't have stock coverage you're going to have to lay out your own cash in order to to, to stock back up uh, in order to continue on selling selling your your your, your wares and, and keeping your doors open. If you don't have it, like I said, you're laying the money out. If you have the coverage, uh, covered loss happens, the insurance policy will help you um, replenish your stock and keep your business going. And to, and to continue on that line of thinking, you have a business interruption and extra expense coverage. So you have a covered loss and you need to either make repairs or continue operations in a different location, hire other uh, temporary workers, your business interruption will afford you some money to pay those expenses after you have a covered loss. Um, if you have a, a secondary location you need to move to, uh, these coverages will help get that operation up and running so that you don't have too much of a, of a gap between when the loss happens and when you open doors again for business. The extra expense portion is not always automatically included with business interruption. So you have to make sure that you are adding that on for that full suite of coverages. And it, it covers those you know, non-ordinary additional expenses that, that you incur for, you know, continuing your operations in, in, in that special circumstance. Because due to the covered loss, you're incurring extra expenses that you would, no, would not normally incur uh, under normal operating conditions. Um, additionally, we have your property enhancement coverage. There's a, uh, a very large list of those, but it's usually in a tiered fashion, an offering from the insurance companies uh, you'll have various sublimits for these, these coverages that will increase um, based on which tier you might select. It includes things like your accounts receivables, uh, data processing equipment, uh, sewer backup and overflow. Um, cannabis is a cash business most of the time. So this will help. Uh, there's a coverage for counterfeit money or money orders. Uh, if you're past counterfeit money, comes into your possession, uh, this, this will help deal with the counterfeit money. Uh, another one that we want to kind of touch on as important for some of the larger operations uh, it is the equipment breakdown coverage. Uh, it's the covers a mechanical breakdown, uh, electrical or electronic breakdown, rupture, imploding, bulging, or steam explosion of a well-maintained uh, piece of equipment. It's not gonna cover your general wear and tear. So if you maintain your equipment and there's a sudden 
an accidental occurrence from, from your equipment, equipment breakdown will help cover that. Um, and one of the examples we can give is if there's a large power surge from outside from the power company and it blows a large walk-in refrigerator that you have because you manufacture edibles, um, that'll help uh, cover the, the loss and you know subsequent things that are lost due to that happening. So the, the spoilage as well. Um, uh, another important one, property in transit. This is a uh, product uh, that uh, property, and not just product, but property for the business that it's on its way between locations or to another location more than 100 feet from your insured premises. Uh, and it must be in a motor vehicle that is owned, leased, or operated by the insured, your business. Um, and uh, one of the things uh, we like to highlight, and we highlighted this before in our previous discussions, is things like your personal property for um, you know, events and, and promotional items. Uh, you know, you're doing a new business. Cannabis is a very big industry when it comes to promotional events. They're trying to get their businesses up and running. There's a lot of events surrounding it. Um, if you're going to a local event with a lot of other businesses in your community and you have a lot of promotional items or big expensive signage and something happens on your way there and your way back, your property and transit coverage helps, you know, repair, replace those things in a covered loss. And um, one thing you need to get, bear in mind, though, it's not auto liability coverage. It only covers the property of the business of the business property. Uh, uh, covers the property being transported, not the vehicle itself. So those those are some commercial property coverages that we see being underutilized or completely ignored when discussing um, uh, your your commercial property insurance with brokers. Um, and again, it's a lot of times it's like people are just looking for what is required and they leave themselves open to a lot of these losses, which may seem insignificant, but any one of these things could, could really put a, put a damper on your, your, your profits for, for a decent period of time because they add up. I also just want to take a moment to highlight something that, you know, we at the NCRMA uh, and having the, you know, our indoor, uh, endorsed uh, insurance offering through Tricom, uh, which is uh, what you are the program manager for, uh, is, is really kind of um, changing the mindset that insurance is risk management, that it is enough risk management, um, you know, insurance is there, you know, if and when there is a happening to kind of catch you uh, and build you back to the best of, of you know, everyone's ability. Um, but, you know, part there part of getting back there, it very much very well lies on the business owner and the management team and the people who are uh, facilitating it and running the day to day operations to also do their part in, um, you know, a understanding um, any underlying causes and really understanding their uh, level of ownership that is required in uh, preventing the happenings, happenings that can be prevented, 
of course, not all happenings can be prevented, even if you have a very strong risk management team and you really have a full handle over your operations. Um, there is still the inevitable, the things that can't be avoided, uh, but really having the people who are owning and managing the day-to-day understanding um, you know, their, uh, what, what's required of them. So to kind of just go back to the equipment breakdown uh, example that we were speaking of, um, yes, having the coverage, uh, if and when you find yourself in a happening where you're, you know, the piece of equipment that you need, um, needs some, you know, repair or fix. Uh, but it's also up to the people in, in the business to a have have their records in place uh, of, you know, how often and frequently um, those machinery, you know, are being, um, you know, reviewed or maintained um, so that, you know, it's, it's a two part because um, the insurance alone won't necessarily be enough. Um, and, uh, you know, if even if you have uh, if you have a piece of machinery that isn't maintained that you can't prove, um, you know, has been every six months looked over by, um, you know, the, 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 the company or, you know, that, you know, th- that they review, um, you know, it, it might hinder um, the, the coverage uh, that the, is that true to say? Yeah. So um, I think the, 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 the simplest way we explain it when we are talking about risk management as it ties to insurance um, is insurance is that safety net, that last line of defense. So the risk management is that if you're a tightrope walker, your risk management is your training and your balance rod and all that. So you are trying, you're, you're not trying to fall. You're not, your aim is not to get, be caught by that safety net. You're just trying to walk the tightrope as a business owner. And if you're someone who has been in business, has run a business before, you know how difficult it is, how much you have to think about. So engaging in those risk management things may to some people seem time consuming and very much, uh, you know, a distraction from the day-to-day business of just operating your business of, of doing sales and doing the books. But those little things, so you know, making sure your equipment is maintained uh, and, and maintaining the records and, and training your people correctly, it, it keeps you from having those losses uh, it, you know, it reduces the frequency of the losses. There's some things that cannot be completely mitigated, but that's what the insurance is there for. It's the safety net. Should something happen that you were trying to avoid, you know, the insurance, you know, helps you, you know, make you whole uh, due to that, you know, sudden and accidental. Here with Tom Cialetti from Tricom Risk Protection. Um, we've discussed two forms of insurance uh, that across the board in the industry could either be better understood or are often uh, overlooked. Tom, what would you say is the third piece um, you know, that has been seen maybe as a requirement in certain states and municipalities across the board, uh, but could also be better understood? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely your general liability for your premises. Uh, it's the one coverage forms, the one piece uh, that I've seen be required in states or municipalities, counties, um, and it's that sort of traditional 
business liability uh, portion. So now a cannabis business is still a business in a very traditional sense of the word that, you know, there's still people out there who view cannabis business, a strange new creature um, that's popping up. But, you know, if you're, let's say a retail dispensary, your general premises liability exposure is going to be very, very similar to a normal retail operation of, of another industry, say like a vitamin store. You know, you're even though it's similar, uh, you know, there's this connotation to the cannabis business that we need to kind of overcome from, from a outside standpoint. It, we need to, you know, display the, the regular markings of, of a traditional business. So if someone's walking down the street, you're, they might see your signage and say, oh, it's a cannabis business. But if they're not looking at it, you look just like the next business next door. So uh, if you're purchasing a retail space or you're leasing a retail space and you make improvements to that space, you also want to be very cognizant of the, the liability exposures seen by other retail businesses on your block. Um, recognize if there have been improvements already made. Uh, recognize if there are still improvements that need to be made. Uh, so if you have uh, a ramp for uh, a disabled customers to uh, may have mobility issues who utilize, you know, motorized scooters or wheelchairs, uh, make sure that those are in, in good, good repair and proper uh, angle coming up the ramp, not too steep. Um, the big one that anybody who's ever worked and owned a business or operated a business is trip and fall hazards. So flooring, your steps to your business, handrails, sidewalks in front, your parking lots that you may have, you really want to make sure that those are in great shape. Uh, a lot of the new dispensary operations that I have dealt with gone through great lengths to go above and beyond from a safety standpoint and from a kind of an outward display standpoint of making their business look, uh, I don't want to use the word legitimate, but that's a good word for it, legitimate and high-end. So they may be buying or leasing a building that used to be a, a quick market or a fast food restaurant, or like I said, a vitamin shop that has a good footprint for a dispensary, but they're repaving the, the parking lots entirely. They're redoing the sidewalks. They're putting that extra effort in to, to put their best foot forward within the community to show that we're a, we're a business that's part of this community and we're, we're taking our business seriously. So it's a requirement for licensing many times, but you really need to, uh, to take it seriously and, and go beyond just the minimums that, that might be know, asked of you by the municipality. Uh, one of the things that you're probably going to want to look at is your hired and non-owned auto coverage. Um, that's an optional thing for general liability. It covers your liability if you have 
you know, an employee or a manager uh, conducting any business using a personal vehicle or a, a rented or leased vehicle. Uh, you know, if you have a manager running to the bank with deposits for the night, or you need to go pick up change for the bank, uh, or, you know, this helps cover liability. We discussed events before your, uh, your personal property that's in there is covered by the personal property form, your commercial property form. This helps cover the actual liability portion of that you've rented a car and, or a van and you put your, your personal property in there for an event. Now you're covered from both angles. Um, uh, as a business owner, you have to execute benefits for your employee. You may offer health benefits. Uh, and we have uh, a coverage called employee benefits liability is an additional um, uh, optional coverage. It's not health insurance for your employees. It's not a benefit in and of itself. It will cover your potential errors and omissions as a business owner, as someone you know, enrolling and maintaining benefits for your, your employees. If you forget to file something, if you didn't update or add uh, a spouse or um, you didn't enroll them properly, this will help cover that liability as you as the, the administrator of those benefits. Uh, I, this is not something that happens a lot, but it could be very, very costly if uh, something were to happen with an employee, they have a medical happening, they find out that they're not covered because you as their, their employer did not file something properly with your health benefits provider, they're gonna probably come after you in some kind of legal uh, way. And, and that could be very, very costly and it could drag on for a while as any legal action has, has a tendency to do. So just because your general premises liability is something that may be uh, required for licensing or for uh, your business to be approved by your municipality, don't strip it down to bare bones and get the minimum because you know costs are high for opening a new business. Have a little bit of foresight when it comes to these. They're not um, coverages that really increase your premium to an insane degree. Um, and they could really save your hide down the road if you have them. And something like unfortunate like that does happen. And I would say like all in all, you know, insurance is tough because it's for, you know, the potential, the maybe, the could happen, the might happen. Of course, we want to, uh, you know, we want to assume that these things won't happen. Um, but I think, you know, when you're under that assumption that I don't need such and such coverages because, you know, we'll make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, I almost think that's, you know, naively setting yourself up for failure because these things do happen. Uh, and, you know, us at the NCRMA, we really pride ourselves in staying dialed in to the realities of what's happening out there. Uh, really, so that we can take opportunities like this and, and share what we're seeing, what we're learning, um, so that we can learn through each other's learnings um, to ultimately, as, as the industry grows, uh, make sure that we're growing sustainably, uh, that the industry as a whole is strong, uh, you know, across the nation. 
uh, and that we are all properly setting ourselves up for success. Uh, and with that means the inevitable mishap or misstep. Um, but, but, you know, again, having the, the realistic lens that, um, that what could happen, uh, you know, looking at it as what could happen will happen. Um, so to really, um, take the proper steps, uh, in the planning phase and, uh, you know, in, in getting yourself insured. And I would say really ultimately in conclusion is, um, you know, as a business, don't let the precedent be sent on, set on your dime by opting into the potentially necessary insurance will ultimately be so much cheaper um, than the potential legal fees that go along with, you know, if you didn't uh, opt into to such insurance. So the, you know, the, the medical bills, the replacing costs, um, the time, you know, the time and energy, the overtime, all of that is our realities that you need to be prepared for uh, versus, you know, uh, kind of be derailed in your day to day when and when and if they hit. Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't you don't want to, you know, be responsible for setting those legal precedents uh, on your own dime. You don't want to be the cautionary tale that everybody else talks about that you know had the really really bad judgment against them from a product liability standpoint that costs the, them the business or you know, a basic, uh, a basic coverage was missed. Like you had a, a, a small occurrence, like a, a small fire or some kind of water uh, damage or theft of stock. If you have a lot of stock at your retail dispensary and it's gone because of a, of a covered loss and you didn't cover your stock, it, it could clean you out. It, it's, it, you know, $50,000, $100,000 worth of stock gone overnight, you're going to have to, you're not getting your profit from that. And you're going to have to almost double down and pay that amount again to restock your, 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 your back room. To and and not to mention, you know, and not to mention, I, you know, I was trying to make this point because, you know, we all, we always think of this in a monetary value of how much it will cost you to rebuild or to replace but also there's, you know, there's some value in also bringing light to the fact that your reputation is also at stake here. Uh, you know, if there is a loss and you're not able to provide your customer base with what they are, you know, what they want and need in that moment, um, it's even harder to, to kind of bring them back. You know, and, and if you're not properly insured, it could take you longer to get things sorted out, in which case they'll take their business elsewhere. Uh, and that could be the last time that you ever see that customer. And so there's so much uh, that really lies on, you know, how you're covered um, and in that preparation, again, beyond just the, the cost out of pocket. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think my main message is if you are a cannabis business owner and you are shopping your insurance, you really need to connect uh, with someone, an insurance broker who understands this industry. Um, you may be, there's a lot of people who operated successful businesses in other industries that are moving into the cannabis space. They may think that they have it all figured out. Um, you know, they may have had a retail store before. They may have been distributors before. They may have cultivated other types of plants. Um, you really need to make sure you 
consult with a knowledgeable broker who works within the cannabis space, uh, who knows uh, the coverages you'll need, who understands the business of cannabis from, you know, up and down the vertical um, and, you know, create a comprehensive insurance plan that is tailored to your business. It's not, they're not going to be cookie cutter. Uh, really want somebody who understands and, and can communicate uh, with you what you what you need based on your specific operation. Yeah, and you know your insurance company not only will be there to, of course, you know, you know, catch you when you fall, but the, your insurance company—they're also the ones who will defend you to the best of their ability when you do find yourself. So it's an extra, also layer of, of support. Um, you know, like emotional support um, when you find yourself in a really stressful, um, you know, situation. And so, you know, the last thing I'll I'll learn, I'll share is, you know, along with your point of ensuring that you're, that you're working with insurance agents and brokers who really understand the industry uh, is thinking out of it in the lens of, you know, when you do, if, and when you do find yourself in a situation um, you know, you, you probably wouldn't want the insurance broker that you're working with going through this for the first time and having their first time learning with your business through the name of your business. So I think that's also another thing, uh, you know, of importance there. There's just so many layers of, of you know, having the proper insurance, understanding um, you know, the insurance itself, what it covers, what it doesn't, what is expected of you. Um, and also just make sure you've got the right people working with you uh, and are by your side. So to learn more about the insurance products for dispensaries, cultivations, distributors, manufacturers, and extraction facilities that are endorsed by the NCRMA, uh, designed with cannabis business operations and risk management in, mi- in mind, uh, we urge you to visit Tricomb Risk. That's T-R-I-C-H, or sorry, T-R-I-C-H-O-M-E-R-I-S-K.com, uh, trichomerisk.com, or you can reach out to Tom directly with any questions or further information that you like. His email is tcioletti, that's T-C-I-O-L-E-T-T-I at ncrma.net. Tom, anything uh, in in conclusion here that you'd also like to add to our listeners today? Um, I think we covered a lot here, um, but I I think that the the, the one thing I could probably just highlight is, you know, do your homework, make sure you're covered. um, And, you know, we at Tricom and the NCRMA are always here to answer questions and, and help. Uh, we have a lot of people that have worked in this industry and have uh, a lot of experience um, and are here to help. So there's, there's resources for the cannabis industry. It's just a matter of taking advantage. Totally. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of Chronic Risk. Uh, We hope that you found this conversation valuable and that you'll join us in the future as we continue to highlight the importance of staying educated and understanding how to manage the risks within your business. To learn more about the NCRMA and how to become a member, visit our website, ncrma.net. 
Uh, and while you're at it, give us a follow on social media. We are on all social media platforms and it's a way for you to stay dialed into what we're learning, what we're seeing and what's happening within our family of brands. That's NCRMA, NCRPS, which is National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, as well as Tricom, which we touched upon today. Well, thanks again, everybody. Be safe out there and we look forward to hearing from you soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.